Hello, my name is Tucker Johnson, and we together are experiencing NIMSY Live, where we talk about the latest and the greatest in translation, localization, internationalization, culturalization, and all that fun stuff global companies need to delight their international customers, or at least not to piss them off too much. On this program, we like to invite guests to have fun or have some value to add. We are always eager to provide a platform to those with a good story or a good data set, and today we have both. So let us know if there are any topics you'd like covered or guests we should reach out to for future episodes. If you are not already subscribed or following Nimsy Insights, we are coming to you live today on LinkedIn, where the main event is. We're also simultaneously casting to YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, I believe. So whatever your platform of choice is, Make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you'll be first to be notified when we come out with new new events like this or when we publish new research through Nimsy Insights. Now, speaking of research, I'd just like to give a quick plug to all of the research that the team over at Nimsy Insights has been putting out recently. They've been on a roll. If you have not checked out our Lessons in Localization series, it is a great series that goes through brands that you've heard of, some brands that you haven't heard of, and we talk to them, we figure out what are the processes, what are the technologies, how do they organize their teams, and basically how do they set up their localization programs. So if you kind of want to see how it's done on the other side of the fence, it's a, it's a great series for you to check out. Also, I'd just like to mention Multilingual well, Magazine is coming out with a new uh, new magazine pretty soon. As many of you know, this year they've gone to monthly to publication. I just received, I'm getting a little bit late, I just received my last one. So if you're not subscribed today. to Multilingual and you like to keep up to date on what's going on in the industry as well as just... Um, read interesting thought pieces about translation, localization, and cultures from around the world, make sure to go check out Multilingual Magazine and subscribe before that next issue comes out. Lastly, and we were just talking here in our, in our little virtual green room about the upcoming events that we have going on in our industry. And as you guys know, because you read the title of this event, we're talking to some folks from Taos today. And Taos has their event coming up, which, oh my gosh, is it not in? There it is. Is it in October, Am I? Are we missing something yeah. here? It's in October. It's in October. Um, if it's not there, we should uh, give you all the details, of course. I think it's right here. October 11th, the Taos. Oh, yeah. yeah there it is. Taos Massively Multilingual Conference and Expo down in San Jose. So um, if you're not familiar with this, nimsy.com forward slash events will take you to our events page and you can see all of the upcoming events, including Nimsy Lives, including house conferences. Now, we're going to do this a little bit differently today because we're talking about technology and machine translation and edit distances and blue scores and a bunch of other stuff that I can only pretend to know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to largely be turning over the, the, the scene here to our friends over at Taos. And I'd just like to introduce Anne Mai um, from, from Taos. Anne Mai is the VP of Strategic Partnerships for Taos. And many of you know, if you know Nimsy, you know Taos. And if you know Taos, you know Anne Mai. So I don't think um, any introduction is really necessary, but Anmai, I'm going to turn it over to you, and maybe you can introduce yourself, and you can introduce Taos, and introduce yeah. our guest today. 
Yeah, great. Thanks, Tucker. Um, so yeah, Annemai van der Weer, um, I was kind of born in 2000, uh, been with the company from the very beginning. Um, and um, uh, yeah, we were talking about events again uh, just before we went live. We're excited to be meeting people in person again uh, coming October. Um, but of course, it's always we're always happy to meet with people virtually uh, like today and, and uh, give you some more updates on the work that we've been doing. Uh, we've transitioned quite a bit in these past years. Uh, we were very much a think tank uh, on top of all the latest uh, innovations and research. Uh, but now we're a product company. We have uh, a lot of data. We do the data work. Uh, and today we're, we're talking about that with um, my colleague, Amir Kamran, who's the head of NLP at Taos. Uh, and Achim Ruop, who's uh, not with Taos, but we partner with uh, his company, Polyglot Technology, uh, for the evaluation part uh, that we're talking about today. Uh, so before I give the floor to Amir and Achim, because as Tucker was saying, all these uh, blue score metrics, uh, data sets, golden standards, anything of that, we need to really talk to Amir and Achim. I'll just be introducing the topic uh, a little bit more be before we get into all these uh, technicalities and the exciting results. So um, for those of you who are joining these NIMSI live uh, shows uh, more and more, uh, you might have seen that Amir and Yap uh, were presenting about DMT a while ago. Um, so uh, DMT, it's Data Enhanced Machine Translation. Uh, at Taos, ever since we were founded in 2005, we were all for machine translation. We've been really advocating and promoting it in the industry. Um, and um, also, we've been very active on the data side ever since 2008, so only three years after our foundation. And even before, actually, the, um, uh, the famous uh, paper from the Google guys, The Unreasonable Effectiveness of Data, we um, we actually already talked about the data. It's um, it's what helps these uh, or data and algorithms together are the uh, the, the the secret sauce. Um, so we started this uh, shared repository industry repository of data, um, and all with this aim to help the world communicate better. Uh, so now we're here. MT is here to stay. We've all uh, we've all been convinced. Um, but we can do better. Uh, maybe some of you have been reading our blog post. We recently published a new article uh, with a Taos recipe on how we can uh, do MT better. And this data enhancement layer is uh, a big part of that. Um, so let me just look at my notes. Yeah, we're excited to be talking about this today. Um, we introduced this idea of data enhanced machine translation last time. But now we're back. Um, we're not just talking the talk, but we're walking the walk. We've done experiments, we've trained the engines, and we are seeing that there are improvements on the engines with that extra layer of data. Um, the data, it's not just any data, of course, it's highly specialized, uh, carefully curated data sets. Um, and then uh, we are, of course, doing the evaluations to make sure um, what kind of improvements on, are there and how the improvements are on specific domains, specific language pairs. Um, but I first want to give the floor to Amir, who will be talking more about how we are curating these data sets. Um, so, Amir, the data enhancement layer, you'll be talking a bit more about that. Yeah, thanks, Amir, uh, and thanks, Tucker, for inviting us. 
Um, so let me uh, maybe start with a little bit of uh, kind of a repetition of what DMT is because we already had a MZ life about that, but I want to uh, explain what, what is the actual problem that we are trying to solve here. So we all know that machine translation is now a big reality. And in the past few years with the potential of uh, neural models and the help of data science and uh, all these massive uh, multilingual models, um, a large number of uh, language pairs are now available out of the box from all these big uh, MT providers like Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Systron, Deepa, you name it. Um, but the real question here is, um, are these model, uh, models good enough to fit um, every translation need or every user scenario? And the answer is no. Uh, these models are good generic models. Um, they're trained with a huge amount of data, but the quality is not right for um, every task. It is not good enough for um, every language pair. Uh, it is not uh, production ready for specific domains. So uh, should we stick to human translations then? Uh, well, that is not feasible. It is way too expensive. It's time consuming. Uh, so what about post-editing? Is that a solution? Uh, in, in some cases, maybe. Uh, and this is what, uh, what is currently happening as well. Um, but uh, it is still an expensive option. Uh, when you involve humans, definitely you have to pay. And also it is um, not fit for the real-time translation tasks. So um, the kind of translation needs uh, emerging in the industry, uh, most of them are real-time. And uh, in, in most of the cases, the volume of the data is huge. So post-editing cannot really keep up with that. So what exactly is the solution? Uh, the solution is customization. Uh, we need uh, specialized models uh, adapted to, uh, to work well for the, for the specific scenarios, uh, for the specific domains. Uh, and if we want to translate, for example, an, an informal chat session, um, then the model should be capable enough to add that flavor to the conversation, uh, to the translation output. Uh, if we, let's say, there's a scenario about healthcare, uh, the model should be adapted to uh, translate medical terminology, for example. If it's an uh, organizational conversation, formal conversation, uh, the translation should be according to that. So the good news is that uh, most MD providers do support customization. Mm, but to customize any MT model, you need uh, you need data, uh, and not just data, but the relevant data, and um, relevant data to your specific task, relevant to your specific domain, uh, and not just that, but um, high quality data. So you need relevant high quality data and the right amount of data. So this is uh, sometimes becomes the bottleneck because the translation buyers or, or translation consumers who want to uh, customize the empty models for a very specific task, they don't have this, this data. Uh, and this is where Taos can do the magic because we already have data. We have a huge amount of data for various domains, for various language pairs. And we can also produce uh, high quality relevant data uh, for various domains and language pairs for uh, you know, low end uh, language pairs as well for uh, for domains that are not that common. So we can produce the data for that as well. Um, so 
all this data that we can produce uh, is perfect to customize and adapt uh, any empty model for a specific scenario. Uh, and that is why the name of our solution is uh, Data Enhanced Machine Translation, or DMT. So if you go to the next slide, you will see that is the summary of what I'm trying to explain, or maybe the third slide. Um, so what we actually believe is that um, the industry can do better uh, with the help of customization. Uh, there are so many opportunities of what we call uh, zero-shot localiza localization where um, human in the loop is not feasible and the volume of the translation is very large. Um, the high quality relevant data uh, that we can produce and provide can improve the quality of empty systems from around 10 to 25%. Uh, we just have to come up with the right data work and we have to design um, empty centric data enhanced workflows to support the translation needs. Uh, so if you go to the next slide, you will see uh, just what I explained in, 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 a, in a summarized way that we need basically end-to-end empty-centric workflows so that you need the larger models, but you are not fully dependent on that, but you can add smaller components uh, to customize things according to your needs. Uh, in the next slide, there is uh, a more technical overview of how Taos You're moving too fast for us dummies. <laughs> no, keep <laughs> oh, going. if you have any 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 question, you can you can jump right in. Uh, just talking. really quickly, point of clarification. I'm sorry if you already made this clear. Um, the Taos, the, the the training data comes from Taos, right? These are data sets that you guys have managed and curated. So this is kind of the the um, a big value add because that what that means is the people that are using the MT don't have to come up with their own high quality data sets to train the engines, right? Yeah, that is correct. Actually, um, sometimes uh, some of these organizations, they already have some translation memories that their legacy translation memories they're building over time. But uh, most of the time, these are not uh, cleaned. These are not curated to basically use in a customization scenario. Right. That, that, so that's we can exactly actually why add... I ask, because <laughs> I, I know that's kind of a sticking point that prevents a lot of people from moving forward with this, just because it's it's a pain in the butt to get going. Yeah, so we, we can not only provide the service to basically clean that, curate that, make them ready for the customization, but on top of that, we can uh, add more data to that. So using the Taos repositories, because we have a lot of data already, we can see what kind of similar data that we have that can help in this scenario. Or if they have a limited, limited amount of data, which we call a QD data set, uh, we can use that uh, and you know, um, kind of um, divide that into multiple domains. So if they have a huge uh, uh, translation memory, they have built maybe with 10, 20 years, but the data is coming from different domains, we can separate that into uh, task specific uh, domains and then we can build a custom data set on top of that for each domain so as i was explaining that taos is an aggregator of data because we have this data marketplace where uh, we have a lot of legacy data that taos um, has you know accumulated from the last maybe 15 years that is there but on top of that uh, anyone that wants to sell data they can just go there and upload their data and that could become a part of this whole process and they can get monetary reward out of that as well. 
So that is one place from where we can uh, source the data. But then we also have this DAO's uh, human language platform where you know, humans are working to produce data. So if there is a specific need, a specific scenario, a very specific niche uh, where we have to generate something, we can just go to humans and ask them to generate that particular data set. And then we can use that also in the customization. Then we have some other uh, avenues as well. We can crawl data uh, and make sure that the crawl, crawling is high quality. It's not just random stuff. Uh, then we can also source data from different uh, places. We can license them and use that. So the idea is that we can do whatever we can to produce the high quality uh, relevant data set that can fit your needs. And then we can do the customization based on that. So in this um, technical diagram, what you can see is the steps that we, we take. Uh, so first is the generation of QE data set. Either it's coming from the client or we are generating it, but we have to clean it. We have to make sure that everything is right. Then using this QE data set, we can generate a larger training data set that we will then going to use for customization. And then we train the models uh, depending on if the client has a very specific MT provider, we can just go there and train that one. Or we can actually train multiple uh, different MT providers and come up with the best um, the best solution that is giving the best output. So, And this is what uh, we did in our report as well. So uh, if you go in the next slide, you will see uh, some uh, summary of what we did in the evaluation report to prove the point that uh, this data work uh, really pay off. We trained ourselves um, 30 data sets for three different uh, domains. Uh, and in each domain, you have different language pairs. So for example, for medical, we have 18 language pairs. For e-commerce, we have eight. For financial, we have four. And we showed that in majority of the cases, uh, we are able to um, get 10 to 25% improvement over the normal uh, generic uh, out-of-the-box model. And this is the thing that we we believe that can change the translation scenario where you can actually directly use uh, the customized model and plug it into your uh, translation workflow without a human to basically post-edit it. And um, so what we did uh, is we went for a, a external uh, evaluation where Achim comes in. So I think, Akim, you can take over from here to explain how we evaluated all these data sets and generated this report. Yeah, um, <clears throat> thanks, Amir, and uh, thanks, Tucker, for inviting uh, me to this um, webcast. Um, yeah, so uh, as Amir pointed out, Taos curated all this data and um, wanted to make sure they get an independent um, analysis of the results and that's uh what what i provided yeah like, um, i just let's uh, call that out really quickly uh, like this isn't a taos reporting on taos quality output akim is tell us a little bit about polyglot technology Akeem, yeah so uh, polyglot technology is a, a consultancy for um helping people with machine translation kind of using um the data they have in the best way and also um, using setting up people on processes uh, to use um, machine translation in the best way. And that, that is, it covers all kinds of scenarios from um, 
post-editing machine translation, but also use of raw machine translation, which is possible in, in uh, many cases. Um, and uh, polyglot.technology www.polyglot.technology if you guys want yeah, to go pretty, check that out. Yeah, pretty long uh, TLD here, <laughs> uh, but uh, it it includes the, the name of the company. So, um, and then one focus, one, one thing I focused on over the last two years was increasingly um, evaluation because I, I saw um, that uh, kind of the generic engines, as Amir pointed out, probably don't um, deliver the, the right quality for many scenarios, uh, but it's also not known what quality they're delivering. And then when it comes to customization, there's also a lot of um, variety. So you have customization options with parallel, parallel data or, or translation memories, virtually for kind of, I would say, half the solutions now, but you have to really check on the results of the outcome. And, th and that's something that also uh, Taust takes care of with the um, curation and the cleaning up of the data and separating it out by domains uh, and doing the training with different uh, customization uh, options. And th that's, that's a lot of work, but also you have to really uh, evaluate um, if if this is working for your case or not. And I, I think that's, so at the beginning of the, the pandemic, um, I was um, crawling some data from the CDC website. Uh, so the CDC website has all COVID information available in, but let me need, no, see if I can recall them all. So English, obviously Spanish, but then also Vietnamese, Chinese and, I think it was Korean. <laughs> I, I, I forgot the fifth one. Um, Russian, um, <laughs> Armenian. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Those government, they have lists. and they, they, they... Yeah, it was a kind of interesting selection. And I think there is a reason why that combination. Uh, it depends on, I think, the population of speakers um, that they decided on and and they published this information and and my I made these data sets available for free. Um, so this basically the translation data from the CDC. Uh, and then I also customized uh, an engine specifically uh, Google Auto, uh, um, Auto ML translation. And that showed that for these languages, um, the customized um, solution work better than the generic version. But then as a little bit after that, there was also many people worked on, on COVID-specific data. There were some test sets con compiled by an initiative called Tyco 19, um, and that they then published test sets, um, and they were actually three different. So the medical domain is, is kind of very broad medical pharmacy, pharmaceuticals, healthcare is a very broad um, domain in terms of the types of content you have there. So you can have um, research publications in different languages. You can have um, kind of just healthcare information like the CDC website. Um, and then you can also have healthcare conversations. So transcribed 
speech. Um, so they, it's quite different. So they, they published those test sets and then I verified uh, my customized engines against those um, other test sets. Uh, so this other translation data and it didn't, it didn't quite uh, perform as well. So that shows that it's really important to, um, to um, verify that um, when you do customization, that it actually does work and you have some held out test data and, and you verify that, that the solution works. And I think there were some other studies too, that Taos uh, worked on some uh, COVID specific test data and they uh, published that test data and then um, Intento did a study with it and they kind of came to similar results where they said, yeah, sometimes the customization works better for some language pairs um, and some, sometimes uh, the generic engine uh, works works best for, yeah. for another language Taos pair. Taos has a yeah. bunch of stuff and I just encourage anybody that's watching this, taos.net, check out their blog and check out all the research that they're publishing. Even if you don't have a need for data solutions right now, like they publish really cool stuff over there. So go check yeah. that out. And I just also want to acknowledge in the comments, um, I see you, Sarah. Sarah asked the question, which is the question that we always have to answer when we're talking about machine translation. Do you think machine translation can replace human translations? Let's put a pin in that and we'll come back to that after we get through what our topics today. But we will address that. Yeah, and I think I'll get a little bit to that in my first slide. All right, uh, that's my cue. I need to bring it up. I need to get back on my game here. Where, where does um, go? Bam. So I, I think the point of that slide is also machine translation can help human translators. Um, yeah, so what this is, especially we, we have those, those that are mm -hmm. watching or listening to this, perhaps as a podcast, Sorry, this is a scene-heavy um, NIMSY Live today. Um, so if you are listening as a podcast, try to check us out on YouTube. But this shows a graph showing the edit distance, which is – or the blue score. I thought it was edit distance, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the blue score and the edit distance. So post-editing speed for different machine translation systems. The worst systems translations, MT9, took on average 5.03 seconds per word to edit. The best systems translations, MT1, took 4.06 seconds per word to edit. Sorry, I'll, yeah. I'll shut up again. Yeah. Back to you, Joaquin. Let me, let me try to... Um, so, so this is actually from a, a book that was, I think, that's more of an academic book. Um, I actually teach machine translation at a university, so <laughs> I remember that from, from my teaching. And... Um, this is a study that Philip Cohn did um, with uh, an, uh, some additional authors. I think it went 2016. Uh, and that that's when kind of the machine translation quality got to a level where it can be used for post-editing, where it's not too annoying to connect, <laughs> correct all, all those machine translation errors. And they did a study with different um, post-editors. Um, and they used different MT systems that had different levels of blue score. And we can talk about scoring in a bit, uh, whether the blue score is something that 
that is uh, that that's always kind that's of there's some controversy but actually last month was the 20 year anniversary of the blue score well that tells so, you right there what you need to know okay sorry I'm yeah my so, out of it, but. <laughs> so that shows you that it has a lasting impact at least um in in academia and also in industry um but the point of this chart is basically um the higher the blue score uh the shorter uh, post editor takes to edit a translation but it's not just about efficiency and and we can i i think there's still a lot to be said about um whether you should use post editing and that's something for some material you probably should not or for many types of materials like books, uh, literary works and so on, you sh should not use uh, post-editing. But there's a lot of um, material where it makes sense when you use, when you need this um, human quality uh, level translation. Uh, and But you have material that is very kind of repetitive or it kind of is very similar to material that you translated earlier and that's, where you might have data already um, to kind of give to Taos and then create a, a custom system from it. Um, there it does make sense. And then the question becomes, uh, how do you use it in the most efficient way? And this chart just shows the higher the quality of the MT system, the better from an efficiency point of view. But it also, I think there's an aspect of, it makes uh, the post editors happier. <laughs> so I, I think yeah. uh, I mean we in a couple of years back we had bad MT systems that were kind of just uh, atrocious to work with, and uh, that also might um, basically that kind of burned in the memory of like oh for for many translators their machine translation is is bad and shouldn't be used um, as a as a draft translation for um, for human quality level uh, translations, uh, but I, I think this has also changed with the with the uh, advent of neural machine translation. Um, so better quality, be uh, better um, better MT quality helps uh, post editing a lot, and that's this is what also this study was about. Uh, how can we make MT better? for different domains, and that's where customization comes in, like Taos DMT. Uh, so here are the charts. Uh, Amir already talked about um, the different language pairs um, that were evaluated, eight for the e-commerce domain and four for financial domain. Uh, and yellow is always uh, DMT. And then um, what I also evaluated with the same test sets that, that were um, selected by Taos from, from this human um, human translation data that Taos has available, these, these repositories, and they evaluated uh, also Amazon Translate, Google Translate, uh, and Microsoft Translator. And you can see here the differences in blue score uh, for the different language pairs. I mean, one thing I want to point out is there's always kind of language pair um, differences. Uh, for some language pairs, the difference is, is a lot. For others, um, it isn't. Uh, so you kind of always need to look at the, 
the language pair or pairs that you want to translate. Um, uh, what else want to And that, this is basically the basis of, of what Amir showed earlier. Um, over the worst performing engine uh, on average, uh, uh, over the worst performing engine from, from these four uh, MT options, uh, there is generally a 25% increase. And then over the average of all engines, there is a 11% increase in blue score uh, with TAUS um, DEMT. Um, yeah, and this is the medical form uh, domain. Sorry, that's probably not as legible because uh, there's more language pairs. It kind it's of gets a little crammed. More motivation for people. I put a link down in the comments here on LinkedIn. More motivation for you all to go over and get your own copy of the report from Tausa's website. I'm sure they yeah. have all of these graphs in there as well. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, and then one question might come up, why, why um, use the blue score? We mentioned already that's 20 years in the making. And I think just a couple of days ago, there was a, a discussion on, uh, I don't know if I should mention Slater here on NIMTSI. Oh, mention but, Slater. Uh, we love Slater. Uh, We're all friends. But We're all adding value there, to the industry. Yeah, exactly. So um, there was a discussion about that how Facebook evaluated. They had they published this system. This was a, on a research site that can translate hundred languages from one language to the other. So massively multilingual. Uh, and there was some discussion about how the blue score uh, was employed there and. I think that came came down a lot of uh, issues with the blue score are um, connected to how the text is tokenized. So tokenization is some somewhere where you separate the punctuation from the words, and there's different kinds of uh, tokenization. You can even split words into subword levels, and that then Facebook used different methods to evaluate different. Um, different language pairs, I believe. And and then there was basically this discussion that, uh, yeah, they are comparing apples to bananas or what they said. Um, and that is true. Uh, and we made sure that when we did this evaluation that we used um, kind of, uh, there's an open source tool uh, called Sacre Bleu. Uh, was used, developed, it's mainly developed by academia and that takes care of this tokenization. So we, we want to make sure that um, the tokenization is correct and then that we get the correct blue scores there. And and when you do this in a consistent way, you can kind of, you can trust blue scores. I mean, there is, there is something to be said when the blue scores just differ by a, a tiny bit, then it's sometimes not as meaningful, but if the blue scores differ by five blue points, you can definitely say, yeah, this is the better, better engine or the worse engine uh, that you want to, um, when, when you want to use that. And, th and that helps you then to select an engine that is better uh, for post-editing or other uses. So go check out, check out that article on Slater or you can also read about it on multilingual.com. There's, there's my plug. There's my passive aggressive plug for multilingual.com. So pick your poison. Yes. Slater, multilingual, yes. that's, both. That's exactly it. Yeah. There's no such thing as, as too much knowledge in our industry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in.
<laughs> Let's go. You were, uh, I'll get this out of here. So, yeah, so then I wanted to plug something here too. Uh, so we did this study um, with those um, three different domains and 18, um, sorry, what is it? Uh, 30, well, so 18, 18, 18, 18 language pairs at a maximum or eight or four. Um, this is 24. In, 20, uh, so this is a different, so, so what, what is motivated, so I already talked about the COVID um, data um, and and then this uh, study and what uh, polyglot technology is now doing also. I, I talked about that you really don't know the generic engines. Often you don't, if you have a smaller project, it might be cost prohibitive to do a customization, um, but you don't know um, which, um, which generic system, if you have um, DeepL and Google and uh, Microsoft and Amazon, um, and there are more providers, I think um, Nimtsi has a good list of MT providers and uh, what, um, what options they uh, provide. So, but I think in, in kind of Europe and uh, Americas, kind of these are kind of the big uh, online providers. And this is what you, choose between from uh, for a certain language pair. So you have maybe a list of language pairs you want to translate for your project, but you don't really know which um, engine, generic engine to pick. And I thought that was kind of a gap that I wanted to fill um, in academic evaluations. They always, uh, they omit the names of of the providers. They say online system A, online system B and C, uh, but they don't publish which one's which. Uh, so what um, what we're doing at, at Polyglot Technology is using those test sets that mm, academia is typically using uh, and those um, standard evaluation tools and doing evaluation of, of those four online engines and then basically determining which one's the best engine for um, which language pair. And then as as we described earlier, of course, if you want to do uh, a domain specific, um, if you if you uh, want to translate in a specific domain, uh, you might you should go with uh, DMT. So uh, provide kind of provide a description of the domain to Taos uh, with some data. Uh, it might be preferable to you to uh, provide some data. Uh, and then Taos can create uh, uh, custom MT systems or you use one of those uh, pre-made uh, customized systems for financial domain or medical pharma. Um, yeah, I look or, at DMT oh, sure. and, and my uh, Amir, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seems to me it, it's kind of like an add-on. Like you go, if like if you go and buy a car, it's like what features do you want with the car? Do you want to pay extra for a really cool stereo system, do you want to pay extra for air conditioning, whatever, and all of that stuff. And you can get the base model and you can get the add-ons. And it's kind of like just getting the add-ons. If you're buying a car, which is machine translation, and you can just add these on and get more features and more value out of it. And the alternative is, like, you build your own damn car. And I think that's what people don't want to do is build their own machine, you know, customize and train their own engines. Um, 
those of you out there that are listening to this that have done that before or worked with the client, helped the client to do that before, know exactly why you don't want to do that because it can quickly become cost prohibitive, which is eating into your ROI on that. Yeah, maybe uh, probably Amir has more to say, but indeed it's DMT, it's, it's this extra layer. Um, so especially for companies who don't have a lot of data, we, we have the data so we can help there. It's also for companies who have a lot of uh, content to translate. Uh, there's a lot of content that just is not translated because there is too much work. That extra layer um, uh, of Tau's DMT can help uh, translate all that content or uh, help you translate if you don't have the data yourself. Uh, but maybe, Amir, you want to add more onto yeah. that? Actually, I would, I would say, I would modify the analogy that you gave. Uh, so it's not just an add-on, but maybe if you are driving a cheap car, then it might be a bumpy ride. Uh, there will be more chances of accidents. So we are adding quality to that so that your drive is more smooth and you, you have less chances of failures. I love it. Much, much better analogy. I think <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good at this kind of stuff. So... <laughs> Um, are we, we have one more slide here or two more slides. I just want to get through these because I actually, you know, this would be a kind of a good, no, let's get through the slides. Let's get through the slides. So what do we have here? This is a lot of text. So oh, uh, this is just, um, yeah, this is, um, part of, so, so we provide, a, a ta uh, for Taos DMT evaluation report, we provide a summary report. But you can also request a detailed report for a language pair, and that has more information in there. And uh, yes, that's probably not visible. But you can then um, get an analysis. So you have the human level translations here with source and uh, reference. Um, it, basically. And then basically, you can see the difference between um, the, um, the, in this case, uh, I think it was uh, Amazon. Uh, and the customized version of Amazon. So you can actually see which text, textual difference the, so you just don't, don't just see the score difference, but also, um, the, the text difference. Um, yeah. And, and this is kind of a, I, I pointed out that, uh, benchmark that, that Polyglot is working on and for those 24 language pairs. So that's a broader, uh, benchmark than, the 18 language pairs for more generic data. And then basically I distilled this into a, a ranking of uh, for these 24 language pairs. So uh, check out, uh, there's a blog post um, on the Polyglot, the latest black blog post on the Polyglot website. And that has a ranking, basically it distilled this into a ranking of, um, uh, no, that's, uh, yeah. Sorry, right, I'm a little slow here. No, don't worry. Technology. Yeah, that's the index when you go. Uh, no, the the first one up oh, the on the one. top. Oh, MT Decider yeah. Index. Yeah, I'll drop a link for it into LinkedIn if people want to go. So um, that shows which language pairs were analyzed, and then basically I rank them all and compile these to distill those rankings in the overall ranking. And so basically, this is what if you want choose what just one engine not per language pair. If you choose one engine for this 24 language pairs, which one should you pick? 
uh, as the highest quality one. And that's currently it's Google Translate. Um, but these the rankings also change over time, right? So uh, DeepL, for example, they introduced some new language pairs like Turkish and Indonesian. Um, and the, the big MT providers, they change, they have big um, research teams and development teams, and they are trying to compete with each other to improve the quality. So I, I think, and that's what we also did with the evaluation report. We did one in, in December, 2020 and now in June 2022 and with polyglot technology with a benchmark I'm gonna uh, we are going to publish that every quarter so you can actually see well now for this language pair maybe Microsoft did a lot of work on their code and their data and that then improved um, over the other ones uh, so make, make sure to send that over to, you know, multilingual does free press releases. So when you do okay. cool stuff like that, send it over to multilingual and we can help you get the word out there or they can help you get the word out there or come back yeah, on great. live and we can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. I think the uh, the important thing to know is that um, indeed, as Achim was saying, these, these models are changing constantly as well. They are doing their own work. Um, but what is quite exciting about the Taos DMT, if it's my humble opinion, <laughs> is that we that that extra layer of data always improves. Um, so, um, or always improves. We choose the the right combination of the data set and the engine to give you, to give you the the best possible MT output. So that's kind of the uh, the power of DMT um, and the promise of DMT. Just wanted to add that uh, to everything that has been said so far. Yeah, I think, and I think this takes us to, because I'm just watching the clock here. Let's, let's get back. I am not done yet, Sweet Pea. Give me a sec. Um, this takes us back to, back to our question here in the comments. The question when it comes to machine translation, which is when will machine translation reach human parity, right? Um, how, how is it there yet with DEMT? Um, so whoever wants to go this, take this one first, you know, how, how long do the translators have until they are completely out of jobs and destitute on the streets? Who's the brave soul that's going to answer this question? <laughs> Maybe I can, I can start. So, yeah, I, I believe that uh, it's more about uh, different scenarios. So in some scenarios, you can, you know, you, you're always on the back, um, like you don't want to use empty straight away because the risk is so, so high that if some mistakes are there, then it could potentially uh, maybe take a life or something. So there you will be very cautious to basically just go with, uh, with MT. You need some human uh, post-editing or review or something. But the kind of scenarios we are talking about is a scenario, for example, uh, where you want to translate a live chat system. And there you only have two options. Either you will provide translation or you will not provide translation. So there we are saying that with uh, a very customized engine, uh, there is a better chance that uh, you can achieve a very good quality, human-like quality, and you can really use something in production with a very customized data-enhanced model. And these kind of tasks are now more and more common because because of the social media, because of all the information that we are getting on daily basis. And for that, humans are already uh, insufficient because you cannot uh, use so many humans to translate this massive amount of data 
uh, in localization and in other scenarios. So their MT is already replacing humans and uh, with small tweaks and with uh, customization with, uh, with better data, you can actually uh, achieve the human parity even now. That is extremely well put. I don't know if I'd want to follow that. <laughs> well, maybe just to, to add on, of course, that uh, there will always be a need for humans in, in the translation industry. Amen. Because um, to get that very high quality data, uh, work is needed. So maybe translators can diversify their skills, add on some data management skills. Um, of course, post-editing will be around for quite a while. Um, so these are things that um, that will, you know, make the profession of a translator, I think, even more exciting as well. Um, it's not a constant rep repetitive uh, work. Uh, all the boring work will be done by the machines. And as human, you can be more creative and have more diversified um, work uh, days, I would, I would say. And maybe, Achim, there was something I think you wanted to add as well, or? Um... Yeah, I mean, defining human parity is, is very tricky. And right. as we talked about earlier, is we can always define the quality by, by project. And, and you can um, have a, a certain glossaries and, and style guides that describe the quality along with some data that you then evaluate. Uh, so that's very tricky to to say, and and then maybe in one, um, maybe if you, if the MT system is is translating boring, um, I think of course nothing is really boring, but <laughs> some technical documentation, um, then then maybe the MT system will do as good a job or almost as good as a job as a human translator. But I mean that's not what human translators should really, maybe that that kind of work goes away. Um, and there's there's more interesting transcreation material that that can be worked on by translators. I think one, one example that I always mention that um, where MT, so MT is kind of helps um, with the post editing, the better, if if you want to use that for the type of content, but also there are some scenarios where MT can create uh, more work for human translators. So I always cite eDiscovery, where there's um, thousands of documents that have to be translated in a short amount of time for a lawsuit, and they they get discovered which ones should be translated. So out of these thousands of documents that then can only be machine translated in a short amount of time. Um, the lawyers pick um, maybe a hundred or so that are then human translated or post edited, and in this case, those translations wouldn't be uh, happening, maybe um, or maybe not as many of them uh, if there was no machine translation. Well, and maybe yeah. since we've been inserting little pitches here and there, I I want to just pitch our conference one more time because we will have some of the big empty gurus uh, presenting about first of all the massively multilingual models that brute force that the, the big IT companies are bringing with them uh, but also on evaluating MT um, human parity but also the limits of MT so all of this will be discussed in detail with the with the experts in San Jose so if you're still 
uh, deciding on your plans for the fall, then um, join us there to talk more about it. And wh where can people find out more about the conference? Where can they sign up for that? Um, let me share a link in the LinkedIn um, Oh, good. Uh, yeah, that saves me from having to do it. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I, you know, we're, we're coming up on time here. I thank you very much. And thanks, Anne Mai, for hosting my show today, essentially, and providing the whole outline. Um, Anne Mai, Amir, Akim, pleasure to have you on. I, um, Akeem, Amir, this is, you're a second time, you're a second time guest. So this is, yeah. it's an elite club. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks for inviting me again. Yeah. I, I just want to call out here that in in the chat, you guys all gave very well thought out and very considerate responses to when will human translation and machine translation become equal. I just have to call out here Jeff Allen in the comments. says, Tucker, my answer to MT reaching human level is around 2265 AD when Captain Kirk arrives with the Starship Enterprise and the Universal Translator. That is sci-fi. It's better to focus on using MT to get tasks done and do it well. Uh, very, very succinctly put, Jeff, on that. So with that, um, thank you. Um, thank you to all of our guests here. Thank you to everybody in the comments. I'm going to start taking us out here. Um, this has been Nimsy Live. You've, you've been ex we've been experiencing Nimsy Live together. All the stuff. I don't have my script here, but join us next time when we. I don't think we have a next time on the calendar. This has been it. But if if you like this and you like hearing more about translation, localization, all of that stuff, make sure to subscribe to Nimsy. Follow us here on LinkedIn so that you'll be up to date. I will be posting a new hashtag Workshop Wednesday which will be in two weeks. My colleague Nika Aloverdi will be discussing nonviolent communication is the topic of that workshop. So if you're subscribed to Nimsy, then you will get notified when we do that. And big thanks to my, also my co-host here, my daughter Michaela, who has been joining us in the background and is very excited to go to the swimming pool. So I better get out of here. With that, um, and because of that, I'm going to skip all of the formalities and wish you a good day. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Tucker. Thank you. We don't, we don't see you anymore, but I guess we're... Uh... You don't see me. This is the, this yeah. is the outro party. Good, good. And, and then well, can still hear us, so... <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye-bye.